We are sticking with our World Cup 2010 nostalgia. Ten years ago, we kicked off the greatest month South Africa has ever seen. A man who was so close to the action, he could smell the... The dew on the grass. Brendan Barchis is a broadcaster. He was also during the time of the World Cup. He was the Cape Town Stadium official announcer. He joins me on the line. Have you been, have you been looking back on this, on this day and this month 10 years ago, Brendan? You know, Lester, uh, thanks, for, thanks first of all for having me on your show. I have actually, and it started yesterday because, you know, Facebook has this wonderful thing about bringing up memories uh-huh. of, you know, years gone by. And then I started seeing the pics and, you know, saw the World Cup pics of the, the, the build up on the day as we were in an empty stadium and we were busy doing rehearsals and I was just getting my work room or station ready with all the different computers and, you know, all my notes and stuff for the rest of of, all the seven matches we had at Cape Town Stadium. So there has been a bit of nostalgia from yesterday. Today, also, it was a bit of a reminder. I saw uh, former Bafana Bafana, Orlando Pirates, Ajax, Cape Town, and Bidvest, goalkeeper, Monique Josephs, posting something as well and just saying, you know, I, I, I had the honor of playing as a kid from Portland's Mitchell Spain to play in the first African World Cup and, you know, it just it, it rang a bell for me because I thought, wow, yeah, he's saying this. I'm also a kid from Portland's Mitchell's play that also ended up working with FIFA, you know, something that I would never have thought and, and yes, And here's the thing, not, not many people know that the, 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 the host country provides the country. They build the stadium and they give you the infrastructure, but everything is run by FIFA. You were essentially employed by FIFA to be the stadium announcer here in Cape Town Stadium. Just, just how did you get that gig? Well, you know, at the, at the time I was busy, I was very involved with IX Cape Town. I was the announcer for all their games and, you know, they're the MC for, for their match days. And what had happened was it, it, it came by chance because initially the guy that was in charge of FIFA broadcasting was a man by the name of Robert Kempthorne. Um, he had been interviewing people and he was looking for, for the person to do the announcing. And he had gone to a couple of people and I, th- I think he hit a bit of a, he hit a bit of, bit of a jam and he couldn't find what he was looking for. And then he spoke to IX Cape Town mm. um, and Shoes Makuto, who was, who was the PRO there and Salifa Williams, they were involved in, in the marketing. They said, look, if you're looking for someone, this is the guy we use. Mm. We know he can do the job. And, and he called me one day out of the blue because they hadn't told me that, you know, that he was going to call me. And he called me and he just said to me, look, I've been told that you're the guy to speak. <laughs> Tell me a bit about yourself. And I just said, look, this is what I do. I'm on radio. I do a bit of television. I love sports. Mm. I'm involved with Ajax. And after five minutes, he just said to me, well, the job's yours. Oh, wow. And I, and I said, just like that. He said, yeah, that's it. And, and just as, as, as FIFA brings in their own teams, the, the, the show is essentially FIFA's. Um, just what was it like? Being in that organization, yes, there are plenty of dodgy things that happen in and around FIFA. Um, but being part of this, 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 this organization that, that is a slick corporation, uh, in, in their own right, at the same time, they, they, they come as a contingent. What was it working like with, with such a, a corporation that everything is on time, everything is by the book, there is, well, that's, we, we, we can, we can debate that in, in other, in other senses, but, um, but, but everything is so strict and everything is, is, is FIFA time. 
Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that everything is on time because initially when they gave me my rundown for the matches, because they timed it, and it was to the second. And I, I laughed and I said, yeah, right, you know, we to the second, good luck. When I started working with them, because we went through a, a, sort of a couple of months of, of rehearsals and just training, and when it got to actually going through things, it was by the second. Mm. You, know, you know, something's a bit late, it's okay. We've seen it. In recent times as well, where the president, he tells he's coming on at 6 o'clock and he comes on at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, South Africa is used to it. Yes. But with FIFA, it was just slick. And I think the reason why it was like that, and it is still like that, is because they use one production company that does all the production worldwide for all their tournaments and for all their World Cups. They fly the guys in from Germany and Austria, and these guys work on every single tournament for FIFA. So they are, I think it's sort of FIFA outsourcing to themselves in a sense, but they are professionals. I had to sit with a specialist in every language for every game. So I could do the, 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 the announcement names properly, not the way we would in sort of standard English, but as a native of that country. So, for argument's sake, with the Germans, I would have to sit with them and go through their team names. So it would be Joachim Löw and Per Mertesacker, mm. not not Joachim Löw. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and that is what they did with me with every game, with the Italians, with the Dutch. And so, when they tell you that they run a tight ship, they are not joking. I thought they were joking, but FIFA really is. And and and, and the nice thing about it is, once you've worked with them. It puts you at a standard where you can work at any tournament mm. that is FIFA-sanctioned or even CAF-sanctioned because they work according to a standard template. Mm. Now, you are a sports broadcaster in your own esteem. You've worked uh, with uh, uh, many South African professional sports teams. You've interviewed lots of uh, local and international sports people. But you had, would you say you got a little bit starstruck yes you have to be professional but if you're seeing the likes of your international stars in front of you you know uh, what wh- is is there time to be a little bit nervous it, it, it is um but also having been in broadcasting for quite some time you sort of switch on and switch off um i i recall the we had the game just before the semi-final i think or it was the semi-final and and I'm a big uh, Dutch football supporter. So oh, wow. the Dutch were playing Uruguay in the, in the semi-final. And I had the head of FIFA sort of communication sitting with me in my booth while I was doing announcements. And when the Dutch scored, I jumped up and he said to me, look, I understand. I understand. <laughs> just, just understand when you, when you open your mic, then you, you can't have excitement in your voice. You need to be neutral. Wow. But while your mic is off, you go you mad. Cause no, I, I remember that. It was, and I was up in the rafters in the media section. I remember they still had this sort of a temporary seating in the media section. Um, yeah. And it was that Giovanni von Broncos belter that I, I nearly tripped and fell down stairs that day going absolutely crazy. It's very difficult, especially, you know, as, as a professional journalist, to keep your cool when you're seeing the guys that you see week in and week out, like ripping it up in international football for their clubs right here in your own country. It must be very, very special. And not only for you guys working around the field, must have been absolutely bananas for the ball boys and girls, you know, who were local kids brought in to come assist here and see the heroes there. It was. And you know what was very exciting as well was that they used 
obviously the locals, we were all local, but there were guys like, uh, for argument's the, the head of, of media and communications was a guy by the name of Mark, it was with, with Ajax. Um, there was a guy by the name of who was all boys with Mm. Brandon, you you breaking um, up the again? Uh, breaking up the a little bit. I'm, I'm very key. So 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 yeah, much better. So so the, so while they brought in a lot of people, a lot of local, you know, expertise was also used. Yes, and and that expertise, it was great for everyone to get that exposure because it you know it was skills that they. Brandon, I th- unfortunately, you're breaking up. I'm going to ask you one one more question. What is what is the the the, the lingering memory that you will have of the 2010 World Cup? Mm, Brandon's going to have to send that as a voice note. Unfortunately, I was really really hoping that uh, we could uh, we could have him and 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 just get a pick his brain a little bit more but look i've had i had an absolutely amazing time during that world cup i i met some of my heroes uh, sitting on a media um stage um sitting in front of alan shearer you know, you, you know as cape tonians we're quite connected to our english football i imagine as a as a young guy sitting in front of alan shearer and you're trying to act cool but you, all you want to do is turn around and 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 you know smile and say hi um managed to take a picture with Sylvain Wiltord, who um, a couple of years before the 2010 World Cup was part of Arsenal's uh, uh, invincible squad of 2004. It was absolutely amazing.